0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 14 of the Paper Cuts podcast. I'm Dean, and with me today is the lone survivor of the comic nuclear holocaust. Dan!
1: <laughs> is, is that what happened? It's a yeah! nuclear holocaust?
0: Yes, that's what I'm going with. We call it the
1: comic cost. Com- oh, the comic cost. I like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Evan and Nick are not with us today. They had some stuff to do. Uh, Nick's busy being a pimp. Uh, Evan is helping Chris pack up and move down south how far south I don't know but south
1: but probably not far enough away
0: yeah just being honest. no nah, because we hate him
1: yeah he's totally.
0: terrible <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, we got some books to talk about today and uh it's just me and Dan so maybe we'll put in some little some little fluffer stuff
1: about Black Friday uh, after
0: yeah Dan why don't uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you read
1: Alright, well, uh, first book that I wanted to talk about this week was, uh, brand new image number one, uh, from Matt Fraction doing the writing and, uh, Christian Ward doing the art. It's called Odyssey. I was uh, so
0: close to reading that, and I was just staring at it, and then I I saw my book and I changed my mind, but yeah, tell us about it.
1: Well, it's, it's a, uh, it's a retelling of the classic story of Homer's Odyssey, right, which I'm not gonna get, uh... Into here because it's you know pay attention in history class, kids. You'll get to it. True story. But uh it's it's this adaptation of Homer's Odyssey set in outer space, and it starts off with a a very heavy old school narrative style of a battle taking place with these these three warrior women, Odyssea N or N A and Gamem, who are the these three warrior queens, right? And they're going out to this planet, and they just absolutely destroy this planet. Like, they just, they sack the planet, there's this huge war going on, and they win, right? Because they're, you know, the main characters of the story tend to win most of the big battles where things start out. So we're, we start to get some of this backstory, and it's told in this very kind of old, uh, epic kind of writing style. And... After the fight's over, they leave to go off to their next adventure on their spaceship, which is the Odyssey. And it's Ody-C is the name of the spaceship. So, you know, you get Odyssey there. As they are flying away, the story transitions to looking at the gods, right? And the gods are talking about how the battle's over and what are we gonna do now? And we can't really like we're we're gonna be bored just watching these people live their lives out, and we can't have that. The really interesting thing about these gods was that they were, like, this weird kind of male-female hybrid of gods. Like, they were female bodies with, like, beards and shit. It was kind of strange. Love it. Yeah, you know, why not? Um. So, th- like I said, they're they're getting bored. They're saying, you know, what are we gonna do now? The the battle's over, and they go, all right, well, fuck it, we're gonna fuck with Odysseus and the Poseidon character blows their ship off course in outer space. Right, so instead of getting Poseidon the god of the sea, Poseidon is apparently the god of empty space here in this retelling. And Poseidon blows their ship off course. They were trying to get home back to their to their, you know, home world so that they could I don't know, rest and relax, I guess. But as they get blown off course, they end up in a battle again naturally cuz you have to have these warrior women fighting and odyssea uh the main character is as you can imagine pretty pissed off that she's not going to get home so she wakes up and basically kills everyone that they are fighting like they just absolutely destroy this this ship that they're fighting against as she's finishing up the battle we we get a flashback scene of her, like dealing with leaving her child on her homeworld, so we get this story of like, okay, that's why she wants to get home so bad. She wants to get back to this to this baby that she left, and and the way that Fraction writes it, it's it's really kind of heartbreaking because it's like, you know, I left this child years and years ago, and now the child is grown up, like. My baby is an adult now, and I haven't seen my child in so long and All I want to do is get back to be with my family and The gods keep messing with me they keep they keep throwing me off courts right so you get this this kind of nice like little heartbreaking flashback scene as Odysseus is she's in bed with another uh another woman at this point, and there's you know nudity and that sort of stuff, so you know not not safe for uh for children, I suppose but as she's telling this flashback, one of her captains comes in and says, you know, reinforcements have shown up, we have to fight, and Odysseus realizes, you know, shit, we're we're outnumbered, we've got to run. And as they're running, one of the pilots of the ship starts to have doubts about whether or not they can win this war. The reason that that's important in the story is because the ship is piloted by people connected with their minds, right? They're not actually... Using their hands on the steering wheel, they have these weird helmet things that are hooked up to their brains, and they're kind of like mind pilots, which is kind of strange. But since this one girl is having doubts about about the battle, the ship does not fly properly. It kind of lists and goes off course, and it it, it's very strange. It's very kind of this very weird concept, but. As they're flying off course, they come out and start yelling at this girl, at this pilot, and Odysseus is deciding whether or not she is going to uh, to kill her, basically, for, for fucking up. And the book, the first book ends with her saying to her crew, what should I do with this girl? Should I punish her for her faults, or should I let her go? And then, boom, it was over. It was like, okay, that like a lot of really weird shit happened and like I know the story of the odyssey so it's it's interesting to see where this is going to fit in and how closely it's going to mirror the story but it seemed a rather abrupt ending point which are, was a little jarring
0: are you invested are are you in it for another one
1: uh yeah yeah and i i wasn't i wasn't sure until i read there's a little blurb at the back where Matt Fraction talks about his inspiration for this book and what he wanted to do. And he said he wanted to um, basically retell the Odyssey, but tell it with all the gender roles swapped. So all the men, women, all the women, men. And he wanted it to be very heavily influenced uh, by Barbarella which is this really insane 1970s Jane Fonda movie, if anyone hasn't seen it. Wow.
0: I'm 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 impressed at Matt Fraction.
1: Yeah. It's just like, I was like, all right, that okay, I see what you're going for now. Because just reading it on the surface, it's like, you know, Fraction can do some weird shit. Uh, You know, Casanova's kind of a weird book. Um, Some of his... Event or some of his uh, X Men stuff was a little out there. Well, I, some I of the mean, stuff he's done, he did
0: Hawkeye. He did a whole fucking issue <laughs> up from the Issues perspective from of the dog. Dog, yeah. yeah, that was nuts. Like
1: he can do some really weird stuff, but he's a really talented guy. So I was like, all right, you know, like I guess I'm kind of in. But then I read that, I was like, all right, the Odyssey retold like Barbarella with the gender roles swapped. Okay, sure, I'm in. Um, the writing itself was. Really, really big and really epic and grand and very over the top in in that kind of old narrative style that these myths were were told in and there's there's not a lot of dialogue like it is mostly narrative boxes like in the corner, there's very, very little dialogue. what dialogue is there is is very tough, you know of like get to the man their ships and kill the bastards and that sort of thing, but the rest of it is just is just narration um the artwork however was really awesome christian ward is really really killing it on this book it's it's really strange and and kind of trippy visually there's there's a lot of really interesting colors going on like lots of uh lots of really like the notes that i wrote for myself was that it looked like miami vice There's there's lots of like teals and bright pinks and like light greens and just a really interesting color palette, but the artwork itself is really, really interesting and and really spacey and and very big, right? Like everything has this real sense of depth in the artwork and it was, I don't know, it's a a very interesting book.
0: You had me when you said it looked like uh, Miami Vice. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think if you read the book you'll you'll understand what I mean. You're like, yeah, it's that's teal and lime green and bright pink and like I don't know, it's just it's very interesting to look at. The story itself um I have faith in fraction uh for to him for him to uh pull it together cuz right now it it feels a little disjointed. Like there there were a couple interesting choices that were made where like in the first the very first page, there is one sentence that is broken up over three panels, and it just reads kind of kind of strange and it takes a while to to get the the flow of the book if that makes sense the way that it's trying to tell you the story
0: nah yeah, i gotcha
1: but once you once you get into it i I, I dug it i thought it was uh was well done sweet sweet
0: uh yeah. odyssey i i I'm interested to see more about that book. I mean, Fraction never really fails to impress me as a writer. Um, So, yeah, I think it, uh, it'll it turn out to be a really interesting book. You said you had another book, Dan?
1: Yeah, uh, one more that I wanted to talk about. And I was going to talk about it a couple weeks ago. um, But issue two came out this week, so I figured that would be a, a decent place to jump in. And that is uh, another image book, because, you know, I have to fill a role on the show, I suppose. Okay, it's uh, yeah. Rasputin. <laughs> well, you know, Nick and I have to talk about image books and you have to talk about Cartoon Network And I love Cartoon
0: Network don't you knock I, my love for cartoons I, I'm
1: not, I'm saying that we have you know, these these niches that we fill Um, and then Evan does everything else really, but uh, yeah Rasputin, which is written by Alex Grecian and drawn by one of my absolute favorite artists working today, Riley Rossmo and the colors in this book were done by uh, Ivan uh, Placencia, and it is what I, I, I mean, I was hooked on the book from, from the very beginning because it says based on true-ish events. I was like, all right, you're going to put based on true-ish events, I'm kind of excited about it. It is a fictionalized retelling of the story of Grigori Rasputin, the mad monk of early, late 1800s, early 1900s Russia. And if you don't know anything about uh about Rasputin himself, he's just this really interesting um figure in Russian politics and and Russian life in the like I said in the late 1800s early 1900s and he was he was a peasant but he was also a mystical faith healer like people believed to a point that he sort of had mystical Powers and connections to things to be able to heal the royals, he was the advisor to the Romanovs during World War one um he was crazy religious like but like not i not crazy religious of like I go to church on Sunday, he was in and, and Thursday, yeah, he was like weird religious kind of stuff um had a huge influence over their politics, had a few. uh, a huge influence over like political decisions and and policies that were made and the way wars were conducted he actually advised the the leaders in russia not to go into world war one he said you know we're all going to die this is going to be the end of russian monarchy if we get involved in this war and it really kind of was you know unfortunately for the russians fortunately for him because he was right but you know millions and millions of Russian soldiers died and just a a really strange dude people didn't like him they tried to assassinate him in 1914 and he survived the assassination attempt only to later be assassinated in 1916 and the interesting thing about his assassination story is that he was poisoned uh, with cyanide and apparently that wasn't enough to kill him so he was shot twice uh, once through the chest that went through his chest uh, out of his back by passing through his lung, and then another bullet that went into his liver, uh both which would be totally fatal shots like that would kill you, according to the story it didn't kill rasputin um so after being poisoned and shot, he then had to be shot two more times and then thrown into a river uh, where he you know, was then drowned, right? Just, sure? just really, Maybe
0: he just grew yills. He, he swam he, away.
1: He very well at this point, like he very well might have, according to the stories. Like, in his life has become this really interesting folklore kind of legend. He
0: was in Hellboy. That, yeah, I. He,
1: yeah, I mean, he's become a a pop culture character, right? And it, this was just a crazy religious guy. Mm-hmm. But anyway. So, you've got this story written by Alex Grecian, and it is just an interpretation and a fictionalized retelling of what Rasputin's life was like. And it starts off with him as as an adult male, uh, kind of telling his story. It flashes back to him as a child, being out in the woods with his father. His father gets into a fight with a bear. Um, You know, they kill the bear. His or well, the bear dies, but dad dies too. Because That's about Ras- as
0: Russian as it gets.
1: <laughs> it really is. Like I fought a bear today. Um, Rasputin in this in the comic though does have mystical powers. He does have healing powers, and his father is an abusive, uh, alcoholic man. So when when dad beats up mom, Rasputin goes and and heals his mother and brings her back to perfect health. Uh, when the bear attacks his dad, uh he does not help his dad, lets his dad die, and is then haunted by the ghost of his father for the rest of his life. Um there's another scene where he meets a Frenchman in a bar, there's a big bar fight and they're smashing bottles and and getting into it and his new friend is shot in the neck and Rasputin's like, hey dude, come here. And heals him, you know, and they become, you know, lifelong friends from that and he goes into these weird stories with them, and then the book jumps forward again and tells you about his assassination attempt, and then it jumps back in time to get... Like, it's a really all-over-the-place book, but what I like about it is that it's taking this kind of ridiculous legend that has grown around this man and trying to distill it down into if we were to make a movie out of this, what would it be? And that's really how the book reads, is very much like this would be the hbo show or the movie version of of an of rasputin's life and the artwork by by raleigh Rosmo in this book is so solid it's so good like he he is just an awesome awesome artist his his figures are very angular and very interesting to look at there's a lot of detail in the artwork the fight scenes are really gorgeous um his storytelling like from panel to panel really just flows really, really nicely and it's very easy to follow, even though like I said, you're jumping from what I, I suppose what you would call the present in the book to the past and then back and, and all over the place in different locations and, you know, there there's not a lot of interesting things to draw in Siberia. Um, you know, you've got snow and trees, really. It's kind of a a, a barren kind of place, but then they jump into like uh St. Petersburg and all the cathedrals and churches with all the really interesting architecture that is there in Russia. um, Just really cool and really well done. The colors are, are really bleak and very heavy on like browns and beiges except for the blood. The blood is very red in this book and it, it stands out quite a bit. Um, It's really awesome though. I really, really like this book and I, I'm pretty sure it's like an eight issue series. I think I read somewhere that it's going to be like eight issues, and this will be a fantastic trade, I think, once it comes out, but also one that I would suggest picking up just month to month. It's a really solid read.
0: Awesome. Sounds cool. Sounds crazy. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Rasputin is a very uh, iconic character, even in historical standards. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'd say give it a look. That that sounds like a really cool book.
1: Yeah, it's it, he's just an interesting guy to base a whole comic book story off of. And, and yeah, he really, ha- I mean, the guy's in Hellboy for no reason. It's like what Rasputin has become a caricature of himself and has found his way into pop culture. Uh, hell, there's there's this really excellent beer that is named after him. It's uh Old Rasputin Russian Imperial Stout that is available at your local liquor store. Go pick it up. It's a really great beer, but it's got a picture of Rasputin on the front of it which was the reason I bought it to begin with. I was like, oh, hey, Rasputin, I'll drink that. And Remember, kids, be-
0: don't ask your parents to drink beer.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, don't, no, don't, don't do that. If you're over 21, go buy this beer. If you're under 21, don't drink. Terrible, terrible. <laughs> a message from your friends at Geekwine.
0: There we go, perfect.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got. Um, there there's a couple other things that came out this week that I was sort of interested in. But I'm trying to move into my new house and have not had any time other than, like, three or four books. It's so, okay,
0: Dan. It's I all right. Know. I know. So, so, Dan, you know what I read, which is pretty much what I'm sure most of the world read? What's that?
1: Gotham by Midnight. How was that? Because that's on, I have it, I just haven't gotten to it.
0: I was pretty giddy and excited when I opened the book, and probably about five or six pages in, Cor- uh, Jim Corgan shows up. Huh. Yeah, you know who Jim Corrigan is, right? I don't have to explain uh-huh. that to you. Uh-uh.
1: You you don't? No, I do know. You oh, don't okay. have to explain. All right. You might want to. For I oh, I I will now. But yeah, you know
0: the the book starts out basically it's it's a GCPD type of book. Uh, it's, it's very it's it's Gotham minus Batman. This is told from a uh cops' standpoint. And it's more from a, um, I guess you'd call it like a, a task force standpoint. And okay. it takes place about this, um, this, these group of cops who investigate the supernatural crimes happening in Gotham, like weird, weird shit, not normal things. And, uh, these are the things that Batman can't handle because Batman is only human. How can he handle ghosts and zombies and <laughs> shit? It doesn't work. They're saying that, yeah, guys, Batman, Batman can't do everything. So he's handing off these cases to uh, the Gotham uh, Midnight Task Force. And uh, what they do is they they investigate all these crimes. And basically what it is, it's uh, three cops, a nun, and a scientist. (laughs) And it it is crazy, man. Uh, When they first uh, introduced the main character, uh, Jim Corrigan, He's actually speaking with Batman, and Batman's handing him one of the case files. And uh, Batman's like, yeah, I can't handle this one. Uh, This is you. It's of two missing girls who were just returned to their parents, but something seems off. And he hands them the file, and Jim's looking it over, and he puts his hand on it, and his hand starts glowing. Now, this is where... Everyone's eyes should get big and be like, "Oh shit, this book has some balls." His hands glowing green, and you could see like a skeletal uh, outline. And would uh, you even
1: call it a specter type image?
0: Yes, yes. And Batman's like, "Wait, you you didn't tell them that you know anything about the specter, did you?" And I was like, "Oh shit, (laughs) things are getting real." So yeah, the book is. It's following Jim Corgan, a.k.a. The Spectre. And, you know, Spectre doesn't really have a whole bunch of stuff going on. And the fact that he now sort of has his own book is really cool. Um, so fast forward a little bit. He gets back to his uh, precinct or HQ or whatever you want to call it. And there is a, a cop from Internal Affairs there trying to investigate what the hell is going on. With this uh, this task force because it was given directly by the mayor and Commissioner Gordon. You know, um, they're getting all kinds of money, but they don't close any actual cases that you could say are closed. No one's arrested or anything. And, you know, Internal Affairs got into it because they want to know if this is some sort of scam or whatever. So he's very, very skeptical, like the whole book. And then they actually find leads to, uh, you know, what's happening with these girls. They go to the house. These girls aren't speaking English. They're speaking, like, some sort of Latin language. And uh, they're, like, scared of their parents. It's like they're seeing something else instead of their actual parents. So uh, the nun gets over there with one of the other cops. And Corrigan and the internal affairs cop find a lead at a Slaughter Kill Swamp, I think it's called. (laughs) <laughs> I might have I had that right. Slaughter Kill Park or something. Anyway, it sounds it's, like
1: a lovely place for a family vacation. Yeah,
0: exactly. It doesn't sound like a good place to be. And basically what it is, is they find the origin of where like these kids were taken and everything and what's happening. And they find this like old decrepit schoolhouse and they they kick open the door and you could see the internal affairs cops face like for four or five frames like don't don't do it. Don't kick in the door. Don't do it. And then it flashes over to the girls, and they start screaming and clawing and, like, going insane. And, like, it does that for a good page. And then you finally flip the the, the book to the last page, and it's of this, oh, my God, like, gut-wrenching scene of, like, all these kids, like, staring helplessly at uh, Jim Corrigan and the internal affairs officer, like like, begging for help. And you see this ghostly nun with, like, these huge claws scratching at a chalkboard at, like, the front of the room and everything. And it's it's got to be one of the creepiest freaking scenes I've ever seen in a comic book before. Like, and not, oh, hey, this should be scary, so I should be scared, like, oh, man, what the fuck? This is not normal. <laughs> Writer Ray Fox does a great job at uh, pacing the book, and I had so much fun reading it. I Like, the whole time, I'm flipping from page to page, sitting on the edge of my seat, r- wondering what it was. When they said Swamp, I was hoping it was Solomon Grundy, because that would have made right. my fucking day. But, I, you know, I, I guess that's a little... Uh, you could have seen would be that coming. Yeah. For that. Yeah, to yeah. be yeah, you know, you you would have seen that coming, so it's whatever. But uh yeah, he did a brilliant job writing the book and I'm I'm so happy I uh picked it up. Cause I you know, Batman books lately they're they're sort of hit or miss. Like unless it's Scott Snyder. I uh I, it, it's passable. I, I don't really want to read every single bat book, but since this wasn't a bat book, I was pleasantly surprised, and I was I'm very excited to read the next one. Uh, ben Temple Smith uh, did the um, inks, and Juan Jose Rip did all the uh, the pencils. Uh, Temple Smith, and it came out great, dude. Oh, oh my god, like all the ghosts and um, like actual horror scenes just had this kind of a patina to them. Like they, they looked very like creepy and um just unsettling, I guess. And, you know, it, it's hard to do that in a picture, you know, uh, it's, it's easy yeah. to do that in a movie because you actually have more than a frame to kind of convey that, that feeling. But, you know, they did that all in one picture and I, I got to say it's impressive and I'm very excited to read the, the next one.
1: That's awesome. Like, I'm I'm glad I picked it up, and it, it seems kind of strange to me, like, hearing the premise for this book, going, well, well, yeah, like, why hasn't anybody ever done this with Gotham before? You know, like, Gotham just kind of lends itself to this really scary, really creepy, fucked up kind of storytelling, and the fact that we've never gotten a, like, a straight-up horror book set in Gotham City uh now that there is one seems like a big like misstep for the last oh, i don't know 75 years of batman publishing
0: yeah yeah and i mean think about all the characters that they could use for this that you know have passed in batman there's been some pretty creepy characters and you know not all of them are of like natural states i mean just for instance i mentioned solomon grundy he is the opposite of anything normal and natural. He's a fucking oh, zombie yeah. that's like eight feet tall in the size of the Hulk.
1: Yeah, and as strong and uh, nowhere near as smart, which is saying something. Well, he was born on a Monday. He certainly was. Died on a Tuesday.
0: <laughs> anyway, to skip doing that entire rhyme, uh, the other book <laughs> I read was uh, actually really interesting. I picked it up because it was written by or created by uh, Wes Craven, and I believe Steve Niles, uh, who did 30, 30 Days of Night, mm-hmm. had a hand in it as well. So I, I had to pick it up. It was just one of those things where I, I couldn't pass it. You put Wes Craven on anything, I have to. Friday, um, not Friday the 13th, I almost fucked myself over by saying that. Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street is probably one of my favorite movies, a uh, horror movie series that there is. I don't care what anyone says. It's one of my favorites. The first one especially. It's just so scary. Um, it really is. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it it doesn't have that joking Freddy Krueger in it. It has very serious, like serial killer type uh, uh character in it, and it, it's scary as all hell. Uh, anyway, I read the uh, the forward uh, first. I, I I went to the back of the book and I was like, what does he have to say about this? And he's like, yeah, um. So I kind of was just like, "What if a zombie, a vampire, and a werewolf walked into a bar?" And uh, I made and a book. Go. There you go. Yeah. So <laughs> essentially, uh, what happens is it starts out with this uh, one character about um, his uh, his dad is dying, and he goes to uh, see him. And the dad's like super harsh and mean to him about everything uh he he's saying like you're you're nothing, you know, you've never done anything with your life, you're barely making it through school. Come back, get in the family business, do what's uh do what you need to in this family you know stop stop running away from your responsibilities, and the kid's like, you know, I'm not you, I don't want to be this. uh why do I have you know to do any of this? It just doesn't make sense." And the father's like, no, you have to, like, you you don't understand. This is about more than you. This is about more than me. This is about the family. And um, kid gets really uh, m- uh, messed up over the whole thing. You know, he, he gets really upset. I, I when I say kid, I mean like he he's in his twenties. He's not like an actual kid, kid. But uh, yeah, he you know he runs off. Uh, he's I, not five. No, yeah, he's not five. He he runs off uh, in in uh, the family car and everything. He he gets over to a bar. Walks into the bar, uh, has a drink, uh, sits down. The bartender asks for the ID. He, it's a really shady, like it's, uh, what is it? Uh, from Dust Till Dawn type of bar with all types of shady, like criminals oh, the, hanging out in the, it and everything. The
1: Titty Twister?
0: Uh, yeah, close, but without any of like the half-dressed uh, uh vampires in it. It's just all like the very conspicuous people on the inside, though, like all the right. robbers and bikers and shit. So. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, he, um, he goes in there, he gives the guy his ID and obviously the kid's like loaded beyond belief. Uh, I think their, their family business is some sort of, uh, of uh, vineyard and they're, they're very, very wealthy. So the guy sees the ID and he's like, you know, I got a, I got a bottle of wine from you guys if you want that instead. And the kid's like, no whiskey. And he's like, you sure? I thought like a fancy pants, like you would only drink their own shit. And, uh, <laughs> He's like, no, just whiskey. So the guy pours him a glass of whiskey and then uh, a girl walks in and like a very like skinnily clad dressed girl and whatnot. So the bikers get up and they start hassling her and everything. And she uh, says something terrible to one of the bikers, you know, and just like, yeah, go fuck off. So the biker actually hits her in the face uh, like hardcore and she gets knocked to the ground. And uh, one of the... um, uh, what do you call it, um, kids, like, uh, waitering the place, or just tending, uh, the tables and everything, morphs into this werewolf and starts attacking, uh, the bikers, and then the fucking kid from the bar, uh, the, got daddy issues, jumps in, uh, morphs into this fucking ridiculous vampire, and it's the girl, the fucking werewolf, and the vampire, just fucking ripping throats out and shit, and clawing at people, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? What just happened? <laughs> Shit got real, really, really quick. You know, finally, when the fight's said and done, they they run out of there. They get into the car. Uh, the the boy who's ten, who was tending the bar, is still like in a werewolf form. And I gotta say, he is like incredibly detailed. He looks like uh the character from American Werewolf in London, more wolf than actual man. Nice. And uh, it's 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 crazy to look at him because like his eyes are bright yellow and they're just popping out in you know this this uh, sort of nighttime situation and you can see all like the ruffles in his fur and everything and I was like damn someone put in a lot of work into this character and then you have uh, the boy who was the uh, the vampire driving away and like kind of being the getaway driver and uh, the werewolf is like yeah I like the way uh, you ripped that guy's throat out that was pretty awesome and your claws are cool. And um
1: I like your style, son.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty much what happens and the the guys like you guys aren't afraid and the girl has her eyeball out and she's like replacing it into her uh like eye socket and she's like no, nah, <laughs> we're freaks like you. And you know, the, obviously you could see which one's which, the girl's the zombie, the the kids the werewolf and this this 20 year old who's having family issues is is the vampire and that's pretty much where the book ends and I was just like um all right i I don't <laughs> I don't know what just happened but well, I'm I, in. I, yeah I'm in it for another issue i'm I'm willing to see where this goes um it, it was it was neat there was a lot of really really cool uh s- s- like the last five pages was just all crazy like fighting and and you know, these people morphing into, I guess, I you'd call them like their alter egos, I because they're uh. not really the same people when they're like that. Um, you know, uh, the the detail that they put into this, the artwork, uh, is fantastic. I, I, I again, if you're actually looking for a story right off the bat to get invested in. I I can't really say this is your book. I might say, you know, go look for something else that's horror status. This is almost close to slasher territory, but it could turn around, you know, again, and, you know, get you right invested in the second issue with the story. Again, I, I you know, I, I know it's difficult to really convey a message in 27 pages. So that's why I normally have like a three issue rule with a lot of these books. Where you know if it's not going anywhere after three issues, I'll I'll drop it. But this seems to have some sort of traction where I can yeah I can get my head around it sooner or later. It's just I I might need a second issue to really sink my teeth into and uh, get invested in the book. But I mean otherwise it's really cool. It um it it definitely has a a very interesting look at, like, how these creatures operate, because when you think of zombies, you normally don't think of, like, an actual person that can, you know, just, if they break a bone, they can kind of just shove it into place. You think of, you know, brains and Resident (laughs) Evil type zombies and stuff. So, I'm looking forward to a new uh, book. I want to see what happens with this one.
1: Nice. It seems, uh, it seems like these were books that should have been published last month for Halloween.
0: Correct. And not
1: not necessarily for Thanksgiving.
0: Actually, I just realized I read two scary books, and it's not Halloween.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of fits. It kind of fits like my wife and I have this very strange thing where every year on Thanksgiving we watch uh, we watch a scary movie, and I, I don't know why. It started a few years ago, and now it's just a thing that we do. Like, we have our, our Thanksgiving dinner and sit down and then watch scary movies for the rest of the night. That's so like awesome. This, yeah, it's... It, I don't know, it's it's a little weird, but this would have fit right in there.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, if, if anyone has a few bucks laying around, they want something scary, I'd say pick it up. It's a cool book, and it looks really awesome. Like, that's another point. You know, I, I can understand, oh, I want a story, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I can't really read a book if nothing's really going on. And there is a little bit going on. It's just taking its time getting to it. And I can understand that, you know, because, again... When you only got twenty twenty some odd pages to make a story, it can be difficult. So yeah, you know, you make up for it with some awesome art and uh some cool scenes and yeah, all right, okay. I'll 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 give it another try. So yeah, I mean that that's where I'm at right now with that one.
1: Nice. Well and and yeah, Wes Craven certainly has a pedigree of, you know, like this guy's gonna deliver a decent story and and it may take a little while to, to really flesh out, but I mean, the dude is certainly a talented guy. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, did, well, it sounds really awesome,
0: yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that movie, uh, they by him?
1: Uh, oh, remind me what happens in it because it sounds familiar. These
0: kids have like really bad dreams as like kids, and like, I, I think like their nightmares are actually real, like, they're the monsters coming to get them are real, and it stops for a while. Uh, but then when they're, like, in their 20s, uh, they figure out that the monsters are, in fact, real things coming to get them now, and, like, they're being taken out one by one, and basically every time it gets dark, uh, these monsters can come out and kill them and stuff.
1: I think I have seen that. I think I was really drunk when I saw it. Um, I don't remember. I'm not gonna lie, like,
0: the first time I saw it, (laughs) I, I was, uh... I was like petrified. I I, w- I was young. I was like maybe twelve, thirteen, and uh, yeah, dude. I I I didn't want to go to bed with the lights off. I think I slept with the lights on that night. And um, I I don't know. I I just uh, the only reason I brought it up was because I was on Amazon last night, and it's like, oh, a movie you might like is they, and it was rated at three stars out of five, and I was like, oh, I like Aww. that movie.
1: <laughs> I, w- I would give it at least three and a half.
0: But uh, we're those are our books for uh this week. Uh, Dan, you read Odyssey and what else was it? Rasputin. Odyssey and Rasputin, and I read Gotham by Midnight, and I read. I just want to make sure I get the title right because I don't want to have you looking for something that's not there. Coming of Rage. Uh, and yeah, those are, all these books sound really, really awesome. If you guys get a chance, pick them up next week. You know, when you're at the comic book shop or browsing online. Check them out. I, I had a lot of fun reading them. And by the sound of things, Dan's books sound really, really awesome too. Odyssey, I was actually on the fence about getting. So, I mean, I'm probably going to pick it up next week now. So remember, guys, if you like the podcast, remember to check the show notes below and sign up for us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all our newest content. You'll be notified immediately when we have new stuff up. Again, all those links are right below in the show notes, including our website and contact emails. Remember, till next time, guys, never stop reading comics. They're good for the brain, and they're exciting.